0: At this time, I'm actually going to ask Anna Owen to come up, and she's going to read us a scripture. Can we welcome Anna? Here you go. Um,
1: what do you think? There is a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, but he did not go. Which
0: of the two did what his father wanted? The first they answered. Jesus said to them, I will tell you the truth. The tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God
1: ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. Even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him.
0: Amen. Thank you, Anna. That's awesome. Can we give her a round of applause? That's from the Book of Matthew, chapter twenty-one. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that in uh, just a second. I pray that you've had a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend. I hope that has been good, stress-free, fun, full of really good food. Uh, big thanks. Jason already talked, but a big thanks goes out to all of you that donated uh, items towards those 15 baskets. We want to continue to do that at our church. In fact, uh, we're going to do that for, think- or for Christmas as well. We're going to put a little different spin on it. We'll hopefully give you more details on that next Sunday. And uh, it's going to be fun. I-, I love that we are a giving church. I want that to grow within us as well. There's something about giving. It works against our heart. I and mean, it really, really works against our heart. Where your treasure is, right? That's where your money is and where... Where your heart is, uh, I just want to—I just want to encourage you in that. Just give, I just give, give. Not because of the church. I mean, if there needs to be somewhere outside the church, give there. I really want our hearts to be hearts that want to give uh, to the Lord. Um, here's the deal. I'm glad you're here. Many times when holidays come around, people like to take a break, a vacation from church as well as from their work. I don't know why we do this, but we've all done it before. It's as if church had been sucking the life out of them, draining them, so to speak, exhausting them to the core, and so they need to take a break from church, from worship, from hearing the Lord speak into their lives. Kind of funny. Maybe it's kind of sad, too. I mean, we're a strange brew to be sure that we would think taking a break from God would fix our problems. Uh, We get it wrong so often as human beings, but I'm so happy this morning that God loves us the same. He delights in his people even when we decide to sleep in instead of going to church on a Sunday morning. He still loves us. Isn't that good news? He still loves us. God is so good. At this time, go ahead and pull out your sermon notes. Uh, if you don't have any sermon notes, raise your hand. We'll try to get you a couple extra. Got one in the back. Another one in the back. Sermon notes. Oh, yeah. oh we got one in the front. Good. No shame in asking. No shame in raising your hand when Pastor Chad was here. When he would ask, I raise my hand every Sunday because I never seem to bring or grab a program. So no worries. If you need a pen, we'll even get you a pen. We'll hook you up. All right. So uh, you know that we've been going through the series on Jonah, right? A glorious mess. We're kind of heading into the finish line of that this week, and we're going to conclude next week. And the story that Anna just shared, I really like that story. It talks about two sons. Uh, one son, he says to his dad, he goes, I won't do what you say. But then he does it. There was another son, he said, I'll do what you say, but then he doesn't do it, right? There's those two sons. Now, I wish there was a third son, the son that says, you know, I'll do it, and then he does what he's asked. I I really, I, I wish that was the case, but here's the deal. As much as I would love to see that attitude in the Bible, as much as I'd love to see that attitude in those around me, I bet you God would really love to see that attitude in me, because he asks me often to do things, and sometimes I don't do them, but he wants us to be a part of his plans. Did you know that God wants to include us in what he's doing in this world? And it's really time for us to obey and to listen to what he's calling us to do. God wants to work in you and God wants to work through you, in you and through you. He's calling you into something great. That's a bold statement. He's calling you into something great. How how do I know he's calling you into something great? Because God is great. God is great. And it has much more to do about Him and what He is doing than it does about us and who we are. Scripture puts it this way. Follow along on the screen. It says, God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. I love that. As a result, no one, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. I love that. God uses the weak things of the world... To shame the strong. God can use anything and anybody. And He actually really wants to use you. And what He's going to use you to do is going to be great. So last week, where was Jonah? Jonah was hanging out in the belly of the fish. We described that in detail. For some of you, it was gross detail, but we had to uh, paint that picture. He had nowhere to go. He had dead-ended in messiness. But at that moment, Jonah made a shift. He made a shift and he decided that he wanted God to use his life. And that's really, really exactly what God would want to do today. He wants our lives to be an expression of His work in this world. And I want to share a little bit about that today. God using us as an expression of His work in this world. But first, would you bow your heads and pray with me? Lord, I just, I, I, I feel it that there are people that just feel like, how could I ever be used by God? If you only knew me. If you only saw what was in my heart, what was in my mind. But God, I know that if you can use a wayward prophet that runs away from your call, that gets stuck in the belly of a fish for three days and three nights, that if you can use that guy, you can use anybody in here. I pray that hope would arise in this place today, Lord, that we get up out of our seats and allow ourselves to be used by you, God, for great and glorious things. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you've ever thought You know, I wish I could see God do something amazing. I just want God to do something supernatural. The answer is you can't. And there's a good chance that He's going to do something amazing through you. He wants to use His people to reveal His glory to the world. That's His plan. If you don't feel like you're a part of God's plan for this world, maybe due to past failures, maybe past screw-ups, maybe because of circumstances where you know you know you didn't obey the Lord. You flat out did not obey the Lord. I want to say this right away this morning. Listen up. Thank the Lord that He is the God of second chances. Thank the Lord. Thank God that He is the God of second chances. That's on your outline, the first fill-in. Thank the God of second chances. Here's the scripture in Jonah chapter 3, verses one and two. listen up, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Circle that or underline that. That is good news. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. God is the God of second chances, third chances, fourth, fifth, a thousand chances. I mean, real quick, please raise your hand if you have ever need a second chance, a do over in life. All right. We got some honest people in here. How about. Raise your hand if you need a do-over or a second chance after this Thanksgiving weekend with your family. I know. I know. It's true. Me too. Uh, But praise the Lord that He is the God of second chances. So no matter where you find yourself this morning, wherever you are on that spiritual spectrum, this journey that we're talking about, this journey of messiness, I want you to hear this truth today. That God, the God I serve, is the God of second chances. And He is the God of second chances in your life as well. He says, I will take away your sin. I will take away the sin. I will remove it. My son, Jesus Christ, will remove your sin and make it white as snow. That's the God of second chances. Look at what it says in Proverbs twenty-eight, thirteen. It says, a man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. But listen up. But if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets another chance. That is good news. And do you know what should rise up when we hear a verse like that? Thankfulness. Thankfulness should rise up. Thankfulness that if we confess and forsake them, we get another chance. We just enjoyed this week of Thanksgiving. And we're supposed to be thankful. I'd encourage you, make a commitment. Even before you leave church today, make a commitment to develop a thankful heart. Especially when it, becomes, it comes between this relationship between you and God. Let's leave the pity party behind, the anger and the bitterness. Instead, let's cultivate this attitude of thanksgiving, of of being thankful to the God who continues to offer us his grace. This really is so important if you're going to live this Christian life, to be thankful. Let's dive real real quick into scripture again. It describes this God and, and why we should be thankful for God. This is good. It says, for God was in Christ, restoring the world to himself, no longer counting men's sin against them, but blotting them out. Hallelujah. This is the wonderful message he has given us to tell others. For God took the sinless Christ and he poured into him our sins. So God took the sinless Christ, poured into him our sins. Then in exchange, he poured God's goodness into us. This is fantastic. I mean, this is the good news. This is the most lopsided trade in the universe. Did you get it? We give him our sin and he gives us his righteousness. It is a beautiful thing. We can be thankful for that. We can be thankful for that. God has provided everything we need through Jesus Christ for all eternity. And so the the message of the first point is simple. Give thanks. Kind of like that song we were trying to sing. Give thanks with a grateful heart. We can be thankful to the God of second chances. So he gives you a second chance in regards to your sin. And it it isn't just for your sake. I mean, it is for your sake, but it's also for God and for his glorious plan for this world. His glorious plan that he wants you to be a part of. Looking again at Jonah. Jonah, he obeyed the word of the Lord and he went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very important city. It's big. A visit required three days. On the first day Jonah started into the city, he proclaimed 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. Look at that message real quick. 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. This is, without a doubt, the worst sermon ever recorded in Scripture. <laughs> if you've ever doubted whether you were eloquent enough or smart enough to share the love of God with others, just look at this message. Be encouraged. Right? He says, 40 more days and Nineveh will be will be overturned. As a good Presbyterian growing up, I'd say the only good thing about this message is its length, right? If you can't be good, at least be short. I mean, not much eloquence, no good stories, no good analogies, no good testimonies, no good PowerPoint. But yet God is about to do something incredible. Now, Jonah, he isn't much of anything, right? He's just a guy obeying God's call in his life. And he says 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. God uses this message. He uses it for His glory. And if God can use this message, He can use anything. (coughs) I love this quote from Oswald Chambers. It says, The comradeship of God is made up out of men who know their poverty. He can do nothing with a man who thinks that he is of use to God. He can do nothing with a man who thinks that he is of use to God. See, we don't come to God saying, Boy, God, you sure are lucky for me to be on your team. You got a good one when you got me. No, we don't. I hope we don't do that. Well, if you do, we can talk afterwards and I can pray for humility. No, we come to God out of our poverty. Just a man and a woman obeying the call of God in her life. And I'm amazed how God chooses to use people like you and choose to use people like me. We're flawed, so obviously flawed. But what I think he's looking for, he's looking for a heart. He's looking for a heart who is grateful because he really is that God of second chances like I was just talking about. A heart that understands that God's grace has been poured so lavishly out upon us. A heart that is ready to share that same grace with others. He's looking for that heart. And when he finds that heart, he allows us to join in the work that he's already doing. It's amazing. It blows my mind. Take surfing, for instance. With surfing, surfers don't create the waves. They just find the waves and they surf them. In the book of Jonah, God is creating a wave in Nineveh. And he's asking Jonah to come in. He's compelling Jonah to join him in the work he's already doing. We discover this truth as we continue to read verse 5. The Ninevites, they believed God. They believed God. This is after hearing that really powerful message uh, from Jonah. (laughs) They declared a fast. Listen to what they do because of that one sentence message. They declared a fast. All of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne. He took off his royal robes. He covered himself with sackcloth, sat down in the dust. Then he issued a proclamation to Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles. Do not let any man or beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from His fierce anger so that we will not perish. Wow. Suddenly life in Nineveh is looking completely different. Do you get that? I mean, all across the board, they are convicted. They believe in the message of Jonah. And because they believe, they are changing everything ...that they've been doing, the way that they've been living. Sackcloth. Everybody wore sackcloth. What's that? I mean, it's burlap. A very coarse, rough, uncomfortable. If you were a hotel, you didn't want people to steal your robes, just make it out of sackcloth. I mean, it's not a comfortable way to go. But yet, everybody in the whole city, even the animals, are wearing sackcloth. Everything has changed in the city. The simple message, it rang true. It hit home. The Spirit of God is moving... And life in Nineveh looked very different. Last week, we talked about repentance and what that means. We talked about how it's turning away from my way and turning towards God's way. And I simply want to tell you this, God, He loves a repentant heart. Many of you, I know you did some serious work with the Lord this last Sunday. Uh, Many of you have talked to me about this last week, that you did some serious work with the Lord. I'm so proud of you. But repenting is tough because there's some pretty heavy stuff that we need to repent of. But God, I just want to encourage you, God goes nuts. He goes wild about a person that is broken and repentant before Him. He does. I mean, when our hearts are softened towards Him, and our actions prove that in our hearts we want Him and we want to walk with Him, I mean, I don't know scientifically or absolutely for sure, but I feel like there's a party going on in heaven. Because at that moment, when you're broken and when you're uh, vulnerable and you're laid out before the Lord, that's when... He can use you and begin to do a great work through you. Because God, He is a compassionate God. Did you know that? God is a compassionate God. He longs to pour out His compassion on us, on our lives, out into the world. In this story, what is He doing? He longs to pour out His compassion on the people of Nineveh. So what happens in Nineveh? Well, nothing and everything. Nothing. I mean, no wrath of God was poured out on Nineveh. But yeah, everything, everything good. Now they understand that the God of the universe wants them to turn. That God saved them. That God offered them grace. The grace that he'd already offered Jonah, he now offers these people. He offers this grace to a wayward prophet. Now he offers this grace to a wayward people. God is compassionate. Jonah 3.10. When God saw what, he, what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, what does it say? It says he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. God had done the work of changing hearts. And for one reason or another, God wanted to do that work through his servant, Jonah. For one reason or another, God wants to do that work in us today, in this world. In servants like you. servants like me. This work. What is this work? This work is that God wants to forgive. And God wants to love. Not just the sinful people, but also a sinful prophet. So God forgives. He did not want the destruction of Nineveh. He wanted the attention Of Nineveh. It's the same today. You starting to understand the heart of God? Is it making sense? God longs to show compassion. That's God's heart for this world. It's a heart of grace. And you and I, we are invited to play a part in what God is doing in this world. And because of this, we really can be thankful to this God of second chances. All right, next fill in. Simple, but it's powerful. Boldly choose to obey. Boldly choose to obey. We keep on coming back to this, this call of God on our lives. It's definitely been the theme of the series. I've talked to so many of you who have sensed this call, the pulling, the the nudging of God in your life. This is the challenge to boldly choose to obey his call. Say boldly. Don't just obey, my friends. Choose to obey boldly. All right, I grew up in the 80s and 90s. Good Time to be alive. I grew up with some pretty awesome movies. You might have heard of them. Ghostbusters. Benji. I loved Benji, actually. Goonies. (laughs) No one's going to cheer for this one. Short Circuit, one and two. (laughs) But my favorite movie, uh, for sure, all time, is The Karate Kid, the, the old one. I like the new one, too, but the old one just has a special place in my heart. I mean, come on. Machio and Mr. Miyagi saying son, you know, wax on, wax off. He's catching flies with chopsticks. That's the coolest thing. I remember seeing that as a little kid. You know, just uh, did anyone else try to catch chop flick or flies with chopsticks? You bet. Well, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Pretty good movie. But I want to show you a scene where Mr. Miyagi, he's talking to young Daniel. Mr. Miyagi, I forgot to give this back to you last night. Uh, you keep. Oh, thanks a lot. Sir, ready? Oh, yeah, I guess so. And mm. your son must talk. Walk on the road. Mm? Walk right side, safe. Walk left side, safe. Walk middle, sooner or later, get the squish, just like grape. Here, karate, same thing. Either you karate do yes, or karate do no. You karate do guess so, just like grip. Understand? Yeah, I understand. Now ready? Mm, that's so good. That's an amazing truth. Right side okay, left side okay, middle of the road. Squish. Karate yes, karate no, karate guess so. Squish like grip. Uh, Let's let's actually put it another way. For those of you who are Star Wars fans, let's get Yoda's take on it. What does Yoda say?
1: Do or do not, there
0: is no try. Wait, wait. That was so good. Can can Yoda, can you just say that again? Do or do not, there is no try. Oh, I love it. That is so good. Do or do not, there is no uh, try. That's the truth. It's the truth. Jesus actually puts it a lot better in the uh, book of Revelation. He says, I know what you've done, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot, but since you are lukewarm and not hot or cold, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Wow. I think we understand what Jesus is saying there. I mean, you go to Starbucks and you expect either hot or cold, don't you? Lukewarm will not satisfy. In fact, lukewarm is nothing. If you've ever played a sport or learned an instrument, you know that you've got to be all in or you're not going to make it. There's a community player I play for once a year. They have this $100 plate cabaret type uh, show. And I play the piano for them as the singers come out and sing their songs. For me, this is hard. It's stressful. It's one of the toughest things that I do. It takes hundreds of hours of practice to learn all the music. Jason used to live with us. Is that true, Jason? (laughs) It probably got a little annoying. But because when the show starts, you think that sellout crowd that just paid $100 wants to hear a piano player that gets most of the notes right. No, they expect perfection. And so I have to go all out. There is no lukewarm. I can't just learn some of the songs and expect everything to be okay. It's all or nothing, baby. And when you nail that piece, when you hit it out of the park, it feels so good. It's exhilarating. It's life at the pinnacle of adventure. And I say all this because I want you to understand that there is an incredible adventure that God is inviting us to, that He is calling us into, compelling us toward. And the challenge would be, you either commit, and you do it, or you do not. Anybody ever cliff jump? I know you have, Colby. If you do, you either do it, or you don't. If you're not fully committed to the cliff jump, you're going to get hurt. You either cliff jump yes, or you cliff jump no. If you cliff jump guess so, squish Faith is the same kind of adventure. We have to recognize that. Boldly choose to obey. Boldly say, God, I want what you want. That's a dangerous thing to say, by the way. But boldly say it. God, I want what you want. I'm going to follow your call. I'm going to do what you say. I will obey with boldness. Here's a scripture for you. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart. Circle that phrase. Unite my heart To fear your name. Unite my heart. We don't want divided hearts. We don't want divided loyalties. We don't want to be hot one day and cold the next. We want to be united. All of us charging hard after the call of God. And I want to tell you, there's this unique muscle that God has given us. It's the muscle of decision. We are to exercise this muscle of decision. Throughout scriptures, God gives his people an opportunity to exercise the muscle of decision. In the Old Testament, the leaders... Would challenge the nation of Israel to use this muscle of decision. Moses, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, he says, Today I lay before you a choice. Choose life that you may live. His pupil, Joshua, says a very similar thing in uh, Joshua 24. He says, Today I lay before you a choice, but as for me and my house, we will choose to serve the Lord. So we have an opportunity to make a choice. In the Latin, the word we have for decision, the root of that word is the word to cut, cut off the alternatives cut off the alternatives, the other options. You no longer consider the alternatives. You make a choice. So I challenge you, boldly choose to obey. Again, thinking about cliff jumping, you can't go back. That is an all-in reality. And I want to challenge you. Faith is the same way, my friends. It's an all-in reality. Be all-in. Last fill-in. Follow God's call with joy. Jonah finally obeyed God's call on his life. And a whole bunch of people are saved because of it. A prophet of God finally does what God had called him to do. And the results are overwhelming. He saw God work. My challenge to you and to me isn't that we would just obey, but that we would choose to boldly obey. And we'd obey with joy. That we'd do it joyfully. Because who controls your attitude? You. And in life, I think we get it. We don't really control much else, do we? We can't control our circumstances too much. We can't really control the people around us. But we have the opportunity every day to control our attitude and our perspective. You could be walking around, I guess, with the attitude of more of like a dutiful obedience. Okay, I'll obey. I'll do all the dumb things he's telling me to do. I'm going to be miserable while I'm doing it. I look like I've been baptized in prune juice, wrinkly and annoyed. Some Christians have this attitude. Down! I mean, some people that I know are pros at hating every minute of being obedient to the Lord. And you can choose to go around your life that way. In fact, I still believe God will use you, even if you have that kind of attitude. But I want to challenge you to instead embrace joy. Embrace joy. I want to give you two reasons why you should embrace joy. Number one, God's plan is infinitely better than my plan. God's plan is infinitely better than my plan. I was dating the girl of my dreams when I was in college. The girl of my dreams. But she didn't really know if she was sold out on this whole Christian thing. She was always arguing with me about the dinosaurs. And she was always so mad at me because I told her that I loved God more than I loved her. Oh, man, that made her mad. And I remember praying again and again to God that he would help us, help us in our relationship. God, bring us closer in our relationship. Allow us to be more committed to one another. Well, God didn't answer my prayers. So much so that she actually ended, uh, ended up calling off the wedding when I decided to go into full-time ministry instead of becoming a doctor. Fast forward to a couple of nights ago. I looked at my family asleep in the living room, Trevon on the beanbag. Ava on the couch, Mary and little Addie, asleep on the mattress floor. It doesn't get much better than that. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. And I was thinking, thank you, God, for not answering those ridiculous prayers of mine ten years ago. Thank you so much that your plan is infinitely better than mine. And you know, that's true for your life as well. His plans are better. They're better than yours. He sees more than you can see. I hope we understand that. It's for your best and it's for His glory that His call leads you. So you can joyfully obey Him. You can joyfully say yes to the things that He has for you. second reason to embrace joy is that God is doing great things through us. I know some of you don't believe that yet this morning, but I just want to tell you it's the truth. That God is doing great things through us. And it is a privilege I don't know about you, but for me, it is a privilege to know that God would want to use me to advance his kingdom in this world. We can obey with joy because God is doing great things through our obedience in our lives, but also in the lives of others. To illustrate this, um, I want to ask my wife to come on up. I want to give you a little bit of a visual of what this would look like. See, what we do is we bring our talents, we bring our gifts, and we trust that we can use our skills and we offer them to God, trusting that God will come alongside, that God will partner with us doing the heavy lifting and he will pick up the slack and make something transformative happen. So we bring what we've got. We bring our gifts and our talents. And we think what we can offer sounds something like this. Brothers, scripture tells us, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. That is an encouraging scripture. I want to say that again. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. What does it mean to give yourself fully? It's what we've been talking about fully. It's this bold, joyful obedience. That's what giving yourself fully to the work of the Lord looks like. And you need to understand your labor is not in vain. You think you've just been plucking out chopsticks your whole life, but God is coming along and he is doing a work. And you might hear this melody instantly, but you might you might not. It might be something that he's doing that's grander and bigger. And he's using your obedience to make a melody happen that is beautiful. A harmony that is wonderful. Causing symphonic strains that are resonating throughout the universe. But you might not see it on this side of eternity. But scripture promises us, your labor in the Lord is never in vain. It's never in vain. So I simply want to challenge you today. Obey God with joy. You don't do it in order to obtain God's love. No, you do this because you've already received God's love. You don't do it in order to merit God's grace. No, you do it because you are a grateful, thankful recipient of His grace already. It's a joy-filled response. And others will take notice when you obey the Lord with joy. It's such a different approach to living compared to how most people go through life, isn't it? Everyone around you will take notice. It's one of the best ways to be a difference maker for Christ. So, church, let's boldly obey God. Joyfully obey God. Let's commit to being a people who are thankful to this God of a second chance. We're going to bow our heads and close our eyes. Let's do that. And and with all heads bowed, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. And worship team, you can come on up. Can you imagine the splash that would be made in our community? This community if every one of us made these commitments today? Can you imagine the glory that would shine through each and every one of our lives? Can you imagine the joy we would experience as we walk in obedience with our loving Heavenly Father? I want you to picture one or two things that you know God is calling you to do. Do that now. Picture one or two things... Know God is calling you to do. I'll give you some more time. Think about one or two things that you know God is calling you to do. We need hope in this place. We're desperate to hear from you. Anyone want to share? Raise your hand. I'll run out there. Give this. Um, I I just really feel like the Lord is asking me to spend more time with Him, to have more quiet time with Him, and uh, just to read His
1: Word more. Um, you know, it's funny. I just wanted to share this too because I, when he asked that question, I thought, "I'm doing everything I think the Lord wants me to do," you know, and I'm just like, "Oh, this is good. No, I'm good," you know, and it was just like, "Wow!" It was just like, "Gosh," you know, God was just like, "Wow, what about me?" And so, um, I'm going to commit to that. I'm going to commit to more time with Him. When my mom was alive, uh, my mom and my sister were estranged, and my mom died a couple of years ago. And I think God wants me to reconnect with my sister, because when my mom was alive, it kind of controlled many relationships. And so I think that's what God wants me to do, and I'm, I want to do it. So I'm going to move forward on that. Okay. Anybody else? God's calling me um, not to give up on uh, my co worker, the man I work with,
0: um, just to keep
1: pecking away at him. You know, he's kind of holding me, holding God off like this, and just not give up. Just keep trying. Second chances, third chances.
0: Amen. That's good. Anyone else have one of those stories? Absolutely. Come on. You know all have that story. I was thinking about my neighbor. Oh my goodness, I've given up on my neighbor the day we moved in. I'm a fool. God
1: loves my neighbor. A couple more. Just what uh, piggyback on but can't say, I have uh, just recently became a, a chaplain for Pierce County Fire and, and Police. And so I've had a couple of ride-alongs with the Edgewood guys. And the whole thing about being a chaplain is when the people have a death in the family to be there for the family, But also for the policemen and the firemen. And they call it the ministry of presence. It's just being there. Just being there and and sharing Jesus with your attitude, with your joy, with just the way you walk into a room, and the ministry of presence. One quick story I had one officer, he he looked at me as we are getting ready to do a ride along, and he says, uh, He's checking me out and getting ready to go, and goes, I just want to tell you straight up, right from the beginning, I don't talk. I don't talk to anybody. I'm a cop. I don't talk much. We were along for five hours with a man. He never shut up once. He talked for the whole five minutes, five hours, and he, he bumped into some serious stuff. I won't go into detail, but bumped into serious stuff that just shattered his world and just the ministry of presence. One thing you mentioned, Pastor Dan, was to be thankful. And that's where I am right now. I want to start each day being thankful. You know, thankful for where we are, what, where your family is, things you have. Not looking in the distance to see, well, I'll be thankful when this or that happens, but thankful for where we are right now. Just imagine if we each gave thanks where we're at now,
0: first thing in the morning,
1: and then the last thing at night, being thankful for all the activities and everything that happened during the day, and and it would help us to recognize how much God really does in our lives.
0: Wow. Amen. One more. Anyone in this group? My younger people. Okay, last one.
1: Lord put my neighbor on my heart this morning. She's an elderly woman who is in a wheelchair and doesn't get around uh, very well. Uh, We have a rec room in my apartment building, but she doesn't come down very often because it's hard for her. So um, I just was thinking maybe I could go and visit her and get to know her better. I know she likes to play Scrabble. Um, And the times I have gone down and talked to her she's been very very grateful for someone to come and visit so i'm going to
0: cultivate that relationship Amen. you can't tell me that my god is dead my god is alive he's absolutely alive i love my god He is moving in this place and guess what he chose to use people like you and like me i love that god included us in his plan i don't always get it because i know who i am But I love it. I'm thankful for our God. And it sounds like you are as well. I just pray that we would obey Him joyfully this week. And please, as you obey Him and you step out in faith, let me know about it. If you need help, if you need prayer, talk to me about it. I want to pray with you. I want to encourage you. If you're scared, let's talk about it. Let's talk about um, to the Lord and ask Him to remove those fears. That you would be able to boldly step out in faith and do it with joy.